And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam State Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> guys, guys, guys! Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents... All things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Dick Powell stars as investigator Richard Rogue on Rogue's Gallery, going back to 1945. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from popular sad songs and provide a statement about each song. My job is to guess if that sad song is real or ridiculous while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? You've got some mad acting skills, Carl. Oh, <laughs> I'm mad, all right. You, you should I must be, be mad in, to work uh, with you for 16 you years. You ought to be in pictures. <laughs> you ought to be, be in, in pictures. pictures. You're the picture of hell. No, I don't know about that. So, yeah, we've got some sad songs. <laughs> um, sad songs, they say. Is there a pizza so on the line? much. There absolutely is. But if I get all four right, I get a pizza. And if I get all four wrong, I get a pizza. Let's do it, Carl. Let's just get a pizza. All Come right. on, let's make this happen. All right. Here's the first sad song. Hmm. This is sad song. I know. I Boy, picked the saddest picked the, of songs. That's the saddest song ever. It's the saddest song ever. This is Tears in Heaven. Ugh. Eric Clapton wrote God. this about his four-year-old son, Ugh. Connor, when he fell out of a 53rd floor window Ugh. in New York City. I'll leave it at right there. Oh, my gosh. I know. I Just leave it right You've really there. depressed me now, Lisa. I know. I know. But a pizza would help. <laughs> it would help. Okay. So here's your statement. Uh-huh. This song was on the soundtrack to the 1991 film Point Break. Real or ridiculous? Ridiculous. You're correct. I know I am. You uh, you know? Oh, but it was in the film Rush in 1991. Was it? Yes. Oh. But you knew that? Or it was I'm just not, a good I guess? Total guess. Okay. <laughs> I just <laughs> I wanted to sound was, smart. You did. You sounded very smart. I believed right. you. I tried to sound smart. You did. It it's worked. It's not... Sometimes it's, it's like 50-50. I know. <laughs> All right. So far, you're winning a Ooh. pizza. You're one-fourth of the way there. Let's go to the next sad song. Mm-hmm. I'm so bummed out right about now. It's like making me so sad. You're evoking emotion. That's new for you. I know. <laughs> Why do I have emotion all of a sudden? I don't know. Fix you. Love it. This is Fix You by Coldplay, written by all four members of the band for their third album, X and Y, in 2005. What's, That's the, what's the backstory of this song? Anything? Well, no, it's just sad. It's sad. Yeah. Just a relationship. It's going to fix you. Yeah. 
All right, so what's my... All right, in 2005, yeah. Coldplay performed this song on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Real or Ridiculous? What year? 2005. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, sorry, wait, I'm going to have to play the clip. Coldplay. This is Saturday Night Live. Ah. Two in a row. They did perform it, but this is SNL. When you get what you want, but not what you Who need. sings better, him or me? Him. Oh, shoot. <laughs> that makes when me you sad. Feel so tired, now you're double sad. You can't sleep. Did you All know right. that? Or was no, it just I a just don't guessing. I figured it was like, uh, like another late night show. Right. You were just. Oh, wow. <sighs> Uh-oh. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's hear the next one. I can smell the pizza. I took my love. Another sad one. Man, you're bumming me out. Whenever I see my reflection, it bums me out. Me too. (laughs) So, this is Landslide, written by Stevie Nicks, performed by Fleetwood Mac, featured on their album album, Fleetwood Mac, 1975. I had this album. It's the best. Well, Rumors was a better album, but this was good. I meant this song is just oh, it's the great. best. Man, landslide. Landslide. All right. All right. Faith Hill performed this song at the 2003 Grammy Awards. Uh, real. Let's listen. Dixie Chicks. I was about to say (laughs) Don't say it Sounds good though (laughs) Dixie Chicks Dixie Chicks I just made up Faith Hill Because it made sense (sighs) (sighs) Darn, darn, diddly darn It's good though What's with the pizza? We can't get a pizza I hope I get the next one wrong now. I do too. <laughs> because it'd be no good to get want, three of them right. Get, I don't right. want to get. Then you'd be aggravated. I don't want to get it. three right. Right. So try to get it wrong and then you'll get it right. Get, I'm going to try to get it wrong. <laughs> okay. Moving on to the next right. song. Everybody I know. I'm, gonna, I I'm, know. Gonna, I'm so sad right now. <laughs> it's awful. Uh. Everybody uh. So this is Everybody Hurts by (laughs) R.E.M. from their album Automatic for the People, 1992. Oh, man. I'm so sad right now. It's really beautiful. I don't like sad songs, you know? It's like, I want to be, like, uplifted by music. Um, All right, so what's the statement? Adele and Kelly Clarkson sang this at the 2017 American Music Awards. Yeah, they did. Real. Let's listen. Sometimes everything is wrong. And now it's time to is that Adele? Kelly Clarkson. I don't know. It's Pink and Kelly Clarkson. You were so close, I'm but wrong. you got it wrong. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm so glad I got it wrong. Uh, it's Pink and Kelly Clarkson, although it sounded right. I don't think I'd be able to handle it if I got three right. I know. You know? It'd be such an aggravation. I hate that. So you got two out of four. 
I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. That's your typical 50-50. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Great Carl. job. Sure. All right. Uh, bubble Bath is going to take us to a commercial break, and then we'll be back with Rogue's Gallery. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Mm, I can't wait to get my Mies meals this week and make an incredible meal, right? Yes, I I love it too. I look forward to it every week having a really great meal because I can't do that on my own. I need Mies meals to help me. Yeah, you do need help. So do you. Yeah, oh gosh, I'm a (laughs) terrible cook. But I tell you what, I, I make Mies meals like, Phenomenal. I know. I feel like I'm a, a, a chef when I make their food. Oh, it's so great. Folks, if you haven't tried Mies Meals, why don't you try it and get 50% off the first time you order from Mies Meals by using promo code CARL at checkout. And you will, you'll love it. You'll be hooked. Mies Meals is fantastic. You're going to get incredible food delivered right to your house. It takes 20 to 30 minutes to prepare it, and it's hot. Piping hot on your uh, table. Your family's going to love you for Mies Meals. I'm telling you that. Go to Mies, M-E-E-Z Meals.com. Use promo code CARL at checkout. Get 50% off your first order. All right, time for Rogue's Gallery. This is a uh, broadcast from November 29, 1945. Dick Powell played... Uh, Private Detective Richard Rogue, and uh, this was a great series. It was sort of a warm-up to Richard Diamond, Private Detective, which he did after this series. This is a um, this is a broadcast called Lovely Little Old Lady, November 29, 1945. Dick Powell with Gerald Moore in the cast. Here is part one of Rogue's Gallery. The F.W. Fitch Company presents Dick Powell as Private Detective Richard Rogue in Rogue's Gallery. This chisel's got you all fouled up in a murder, baby. You'll fry for it. Senor Rogue, I don't know anything about a murder. Tippy killed him. He killed Max. Conchita knows nothing about it. Stop being chumps, will you? You're both in this with me. You help me frame Rogue for it. With Max and Khan, I'm the biggest operator in town. All we have to do is kill Rogue and we got the world by the tail. You'll all go to the chair for it. You can't get away with killing me. I'm going to kill you, Rogue, right now. 
If you've got anything to say, say it, because here it comes, Fall Guy. Rogue speaking. This afternoon, I found a little case in my crime gallery that brought back memories. You just heard a little of it. Enough to know that I was framed for murder. I call the story Little Old Lady, and I'll tell you all about it in just a minute. But first, here's Jim Doyle, who's going to tell you men how to get a fast, clean shave without having to scrape and slave. You bet I am, Dick. Men, the simple, sure way to a comfortable shave is Fitch's No Brush Shaving Cream. The instant you apply this grand cream to your face, the three important shaving ingredients contained in it go to work. They smooth down the flaky top layer of skin and soften up the beard. This makes it easy for your razor to cut whiskers close and clean without nicking or scraping. Among the important ingredients in Fitch's No Brush is a special skin conditioner. This conditioner gently lubricates your skin, protecting it from irritation and burning. After your shave, it gives your skin a cool, refreshed feeling that will linger for hours. For those who prefer a lather cream as Fitch's Brush Cream, it gives a swell, hurry-up lather that stays moist and washes off quickly and easily. It, too, contains the special skin conditioner for sensitive skin. Ask for either Fitch's brush or no brush shaving cream. But for a solid comfort shave, be sure it's Fitch, spelled F-I-T-C-H. Thank you, Jim. And now I'd like to go on with my story. Okay, here's Dick Powell as Private Detective Richard Rogue in another personally conducted tour through... Rogue's Gallery. I was looking at the world through azure-colored glasses that afternoon. I was as low as a centipede's hangnail and just about as irritated. A couple of lush cases I'd been working on had blown up without paying off, and the girl I was madly in love with that week was madly in love with some other guy. I needed some money, I needed a vacation, and I needed a new love interest. When the door to my office opened and then walked a Latin-type panic, who made my heart beat in a rumba rhythm that would have made Cougat sound like Spike Jones? I just sat there trading my blue thoughts in on a lot of purple ones while she closed the door behind her and walked toward me. You are Richard Rogue, the detective? The celebrated detective, yes. What can I do for you? I need your help, Senor Rogue. Okay. What's your name? Conchita Morales. Oh, the singer, huh? That's right. I'm in trouble, Senor Rogue. You know, I sort of suspected that was why you came to see me. What's your difficulty? Well, it's hard to explain, but there is a man in this town who is threatening me. Well, that's not hard to explain. You're the sort of a girl who is liable to be threatened. What do you mean by that, Senor Roque? Well, that you, uh, you are beautiful and extremely desirable and... Uh, well, pardon me, Miss Morales. I shouldn't have said that. I'm just in a kind of an impolite mood today, I guess. Then you don't really think I am... Beautiful or desirable? Hmm. Don't let that glassy look in my eyes fool you, Conchita. Huh? I can see, and what I see pleases me, if you go for understatements. Then you will help me. You know, beauty is a wonderful thing, Mexican type, but so is money. My time's for sale. I have money. I will give you $250 if you will help me. What do you want me to do? I want you to get some letters back for me. Oh? 
Why? Because I write him when I'm very young and foolish to a man I think I love. I do not love him. I hate him. I want to marry someone else. That man I love, but I cannot because of this letters. Oh, here, here. Slow it down to a gallop, Conchita. I'm getting a little confused. Who has the letters? Frank Maxon is his name. He's no good. He is a... what you call a poor loser. Uh-huh. And who is this man you love at the moment? Tippy Tyler. We will be married soon. Oh. You will be married, so... <clears throat> well, in that case, let's make this strictly business. What do you want me to do? I'm having dinner with Frank tonight at the Club Cooper. I want you to meet us there. I want you to tell him he must give me back my letters. If he knows that I have employed you to help me, he will give them up. He is without courage. I don't see how I ever think I was in love with him. Frank is considered quite a ladies' man, or was, before you went up on that income tax rap a couple of years ago... Yeah, I understand the boys in his mob are giving him a little trouble since he got out. Uh, where's that 250 you mentioned a while ago? He, it is here. Just a moment. Mm, that's a retainer. If the case gets tough, it's going to cost you plenty more, Conchita. You know that? I do not care. I must have these letters. Here is $250. Thank you. And now, what time do I meet you at the Club Cuba? Be there at 9. And I'm warning you, Mr. Rogue. Come prepared for trouble. Hello, Senor Rogue. You are late. Sorry, I was held up in traffic. Oh, hello, Frank. Well, what are you doing here, Rogue? Conchita invited me. Sit down, please. Thank you. What is this, a surprise party on me, Conchita? Mr. Rogue is working for me, Frank. Yep. I came down to help Conchita recover some letters from you. How about it? Nice of you to be interested, Rogue, but Conchita and I can take care of our own affairs without any outside assistance. Goodbye, Rogue. No, I like it here. Where are the letters, Frank? You bore me, Mr. Rogue. I wish you'd leave. Make him give them to you, Richard Rogue. I want those letters, Frank. You ever hear of blackmail? I'm not blackmailing anybody. Those letters are mine. They came to me through the mail. If I want to keep them, I will. But you're threatening me with them. That is illegal, isn't it, Mr. Rogue? Sure. It's especially illegal for a guy who's out on parole. Who's going to call the cops in on this deal? You, Conchita? Mr. Rogue will handle it for me. Look, sweetheart, it's no go. See? You and I'll just have to work this out our own way. Hit him, Mr. Rogue. Kill him. No, 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 no. There are ways of handling petty larceny pasties or pasties like Frank that you never heard of, Conchita. Look, Frank, you know you've got two strikes against you. Are you going to play ball with me? Conchita's mine and she's going to stay that way, Rogue. She's not getting away from me with your help or any other way. Oh, I've asked you two or three times to get out of here, Rogue. Are you leaving? No. I'm sorry about this. I always liked you, Rogue. Oh, Smitty. Yes, Mr. Maxon? Will you ask the boys to throw Mr. Rogue out, please? Your thugs lay a hand on me, I'll break your neck, Maxon. We'll see. Throw him out, boys. It occurred to me, as I hit the sidewalk with the back of my head, among other things, that Frank owned a piece of the Club Cuba and that it was a bad place to start a beef with him. I got up piece by piece, counted my arms and legs, and waited a while for Conchita to come out. She didn't. So I felt in my pocket for that 250. It was there. I went home. 
The next morning, I went to the office and tried all forenoon to get in touch with my Latin-type client at her swank apartment hotel. The Mayflower couldn't locate her. I had a late lunch, and when I got back to the office about three, there was a little old lady waiting there for me. A lovely little old lady with rosy cheeks and twinkling eyes with a lot of laugh crinkles in the corners of them. Mr. Rogue? That's right. You waiting to see me? Oh, yes, I was. I've been waiting for quite a while, Mr. Rogue. I just had to see you. Oh, I'll have a chair. <laughs> Don't tell me you're in trouble. No. Oh, yes, Mr. Rogue, I am. I'm in trouble because my son is... Oh? Tell me about it. Well, there isn't really very much to tell, Mr. Rogue. I know so little about what Norman has been doing. He's always been a little wild, but a few weeks ago he quit his job. And he's had much more money than he ever had before. I know that he's been doing something wrong, Mr. Rogue. Well, now, Mrs... Uh... Mrs. Stam. Well, Mrs. Stam, have you tried talking with him? And, I uh... haven't told you the worst yet, Mr. Rogue. No? Last night he came home for the first time in ten days. Oh, I've just been worried to death about him. And, and when he came in last night, he was so pale. And I tried to talk with him, but he went right to his room. Yeah? He called me after a while, and I went in to see him. And, oh, Mr. Rogue, he had been shot through the shoulder. He was bleeding badly. Oh, oh I see. I asked him to let me call a doctor, and he wouldn't. I know that he'd been shot while he was breaking some law. I took care of him as well as I could, and I think he's going to be all right. I want you to come and talk with Norman tonight, Mr. Rogue. Well, Mrs. Stam, I, I'm working on another case oh, right if you'd now. Oh, you just and... come out and talk with him, you could advise him what to do. He won't pay any attention to me, and I have to get him straightened out, Mr. Rogue. I have a little money, and... Uh, where do you live? In the southwest part of town at 2673 Spring Lane. Would you come out with me and, and talk with Norman? I'll pay you for your time, Mr. Rogue. Um, I'll go with you, Mrs. Stam. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's perfect. All right, but please don't plan on me performing any miracles. If your son was shot during a robbery, he's going to have to go to jail. You know that, don't you? Oh, yes, I know. I only want him to do what's right, Mr. Rogue. I don't want him to do anything foolish. No, of course you don't. You have a car? No, well, uh, I... Well, we'll take mine. Come on. All right, that's the first portion of Rogue's Gallery. And on every episode, Lisa, Rogue gets hit on the head. Every single episode, he gets hit on the head, gets knocked out, and then he has, like, this conversation with his subconscious... It's his own self, and that subconscious is named Ugor, which is rogue spelled backwards. Got it. Um, so that's coming up in the next half. Every episode had that kind of a thing, and uh, you'll hear it in, uh, in the second half when we come back. Stick around. I'm still there. Oh! 
If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa Wolf, Mike Bubblebath Costello, and I come here every Saturday to a five-hour show. And uh, it's late. We go to 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, Chicago time. Did you get a nap in today, Lisa? A short nap. How long? I don't know. Maybe 45 minutes. Yeah, that's short. Yeah. Bubble bath, did you get a nap in? I slept all day today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I slept. So then you should be fine. You should yeah, be fine. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I only slept, I slept uh, maybe an I hour. dozed off Got a, for little, a little while. You know what I do is like right around maybe 3 o'clock. In Same. The, 3 o'clock really? is my time. I'm like, oh, three o'clock. got to lay down. Right around 3 I go up there and I put the alarm on. I set it for like five, hope, hoping that I'll get two hours. That's exactly what I do. Is it really? Eight, th- around three-ish, I set my alarm for me five. Too. But I don't, Maybe that's I don't why you never call whole... me between three and five. Maybe I don't that's... call you or answer my phone. <laughs> yeah. And so I set my alarm for like five mm-hmm. and I got up at like four. Four. Yeah. I, I got... don't usually fall asleep for a while. Oh, really? I'm then... right out. No. I, I put the... I put a podcast on. <laughs> Our podcast helps me sleep. Well, <laughs> I don't know you if know that's what? good or it's bad. It's actually good because I think people that get the podcast, they listen at night and then yeah. it helps them. It, it, it calms it's them. Calming, relaxing. And you fall asleep and then yeah. you just pick Your it up the next just, day. Right. Yeah. goes off into la-la land. When I'm listening to the podcast, right, and, I'm, and I wanna, if I want to go to sleep at night, I put the podcast on. And then after maybe about 15 minutes, I'm out. Well, you could only do that if there's not Stop somebody yawning. sleeping she's, next to she's you. She's yawning over here. I wouldn't here. do that. I don't have anyone sleeping next to me. Right. Otherwise, it'd be kind of annoying. I'm spread out. Like, <laughs> you should see me. I'm like, I go That's the opposite. Okay. <laughs> I, I literally go the opposite way of the bed. So you, you mean got like the bed. angle? Yeah. Like, like left so, to right? Right. I'm like across. One corner to the other corner. No, I'm like no? I'm like across the middle oh, of the bed. Well, it's shorter that way. I know. I don't know why I do that, but I do. Uh-huh. Don't ask me why. I, I won't. I have no idea. <laughs> and um, and so I'm just like, yeah, it's great. I yeah. Just, nobody. No, to, it is nice. I have nobody to wake me. And, you know, it's just, it's just great. I love it. I love and it's a king size bed. Too. Right. It's yep. a big bed. I have that too. You know? Oh God, it's great. I like it. I like sleeping by myself. <laughs> there are benefits to that. <laughs> you know? Uh yeah, no one to, to wake you. That's true. You know? Um, so you got a little nap in. Yeah. Me it too. Helps. 
Um, so stop yawning because you're I, making me tired. I wouldn't do that. You're I yawning. I I'm saw not you yawning. yawning over there. I'm not yawning. Um, I, what, are you bored or something like that? No, you're I'm on the not. Radio. I'm not yawning. Talking coast to coast. You're making that Talking up. Talking globally to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I'm fried and cheery. All right, we're listening to Rogue's Gallery. Uh, good series, Dick Powell, starring as Richard Rogue. You know, he did a movie, um... I'm trying to think of the name of the movie now. Uh, oh gosh, it, it's it's escaping me. But he he, Dick Powell was like a singer and and all this, and then he for some reason got this movie, right where he, where he played a detective and it was super successful. And then all of a sudden, everyone started thinking about him as hey maybe this guy the singer. You know, maybe he can play uh, romantic leads and sure. detective type and tough guy. Um, wow, what was the name of the movie? I can't remember it right now. Oh, gosh, it's something with an M. But anyway, so we did that movie. And then all of a sudden, radio uh, producers were like, maybe we'll get Dick Powell. And this was the first uh, series that he did after Murder My Sweet. Murder My Sweet was the name. of it. I knew it was an M. Um, yeah. Murder My Sweet. And so it was super successful. He played Philip Marlowe in that. And then they cast him, D. Engelbach, he was the producer-director of this series, said, hey, Dick Powell, let's get him. And he starred in Rogue's, and he said it just like that. Hey, Dick Powell, let's get him. That's exactly how he said it. And then he starred in this, and he was great. And then he did his signature series, Richard Diamond, Private Detective. All right, let's go back to November 29th, 1945. Lovely little old lady. Here is the conclusion to Rogue's Gallery. Well, you certainly have plenty of privacy out here, Mrs. Zam. Yes, it's lonesome. But my husband bought it many years ago. He thought then that it would build up out here, but... It hasn't. Did your son know you were coming in to see me? Oh, no. I didn't tell him. He's right here in the front bedroom, Mr. Rogue. Oh, please try to understand Norman, Mr. Rogue. He's a very sensitive boy. Oh, all right. I'll take it easy with him. the bed with blood on the sheets where a man's shoulder would have been lying. There was no note. No sign of the wounded boy I'd made the trip to see. The little old lady was almost hysterical. I finally got her calmed down. She made some tea, offered me a cup. I should never have gone away and left him. I should have known better. He was frightened, Mr. Rowe. Now, now, drink your tea, Mrs. Stamp. Don't cry. Don't worry. I'll take care of everything for you. We'll find him. You will help me, won't you, Mr. Rogue? Of course. Please drink your tea. Don't you like it? I love it, yes. It's, uh, well, it it is a little, uh, a little bitter. It's a special kind. My oldest boy sent me from China. Well, it, uh, uh, mm, oh, I'm feeling a little woozy. You are? Well, that's right. That's the way it should be. I, you, you, you poisoned me. You. That's right, Mr. Rogue. I did. 
My body dissolved before it hit the floor, and a warm breeze wafted me upwards, gently, like a spark out of a chimney. I was drowsy and happy when I hit cloud number eight. I was at peace with the world until I heard that nail-file laugh of my alter Ugor. <laughs> well, Rogie, that little old lady kind of put you away, didn't she? Oh, shut up. Let me sleep, midget. <laughs> Don't you think you'd better get downstairs and see what's going on? Why? Oh, there must be some reason why Mrs. Stamp, if that's her name, gave you those knockout drops. <laughs> Look at you, knocked out by lavender and old Mickey's. <laughs> Bright boy. Why do you suppose she did it, Pest? Oh, I don't know, but you'd better find out. You're in a jam, Rogie. Oh, I'll bet that Conchita dame fits in here someplace. <laughs> Get out of here, Rogie. Okay. Don't push, you, Gore. You're my friend. Going down. Going down. Next stop, planet Earth. Last car just leaving. Cut it out. Well, look out. Oh. Oh, here I go again. <laughs> Goodbye, Rogie. <laughs> I came to in my car. My gun was gone. I... I looked for my money. It was still there. I looked at my watch. It was 9.30. I drove to my office, opened the door, and stopped dead in my tracks. There was a dead man lying there in the middle of the floor. He'd been shot at close range through the head. My gun was lying a foot from the body. The gun that had been stolen from me while I was knocked out. I closed the door and leaned up against the wall to think. I was still leaning there when the door opened. Hello, Rogue. Who's your friend? Oh, oh hello. Hello, Lieutenant Urban. What are you doing here? I got a call telling me you just killed a man. Yeah? Well, that's Frank Maxson, that defunct character there. Your gun? Yeah. Uh, looks to me like we're going to have to hold you, Rogue, for murder. What started out to be a very quiet day brought Conchita Morales, the Mexican singer, to my office. She wanted to get some letters back from, uh, from a Frank Maxson. I went with her to meet Maxson in a cafe, and we had a brawl in front of plenty of witnesses. And after I made a few threats, I got thrown out. Next morning, I tried to find Conchita and couldn't. That afternoon, a little old lady came to my office told me her son, Norman Stam, had been wounded in a holdup, And I went with her to her home. When we got there, her son was gone. I drank a cup of tea, which was sweetened with knockout drops, and, oh, I woke up in my car, drove to my office, and walked in to find Maxson, the man I'd threatened, shot to death with my gun. While I was standing there wondering what to do next, Lieutenant Urban of Homicide walked in. Uh, looks like we're going to have to hold you, Rogue, for murder. Oh, I didn't kill him. You threatened him in a cafe last night. 
Plenty of people heard you. Uh, where do you get all your information? The little bird that told me he was dead. That you'd killed him. Oh, but I just got here. I I've been gone since about 3.30 this afternoon. Yeah? Maxon looks like he's been dead since about 7. Where were you at 7? Well, uh, an old lady came in here this afternoon to see me, and I went out to her home with her. You, you mean you've got an alibi? Well, I, I don't know. What do you mean I... you don't know? You either got one or you haven't. Well, I, I went out to see this woman's son. He wasn't there when we got there. So you I... came back here and killed Maxon. Look, Rogue, somebody phoned Maxon at 6 o'clock and told him to be here at your office at 7. How do you know so much? We've been on the case since 7.30, Rogie. Looks like you went a little too far this time. Look, Urban. Look, Urban, I was doped. I've been out of the picture since about 5.30. And while I was out, somebody lifted my gun. Rogie, oh. just put yourself in my place. I find a guy you threatened to kill dead in your office, shot with your gun. Yeah. Then instead of an alibi, you give me a fairy story about wicked old witches and knockout drops. Where does this old lady live, this one that kidnapped you? Out southwest on Spring Lane. Let's go out there and talk to her, Urban. Okay? Okay, Rogie. We'll just ride in the squad car, just in case, eh? Hmm. No lights on. There's nobody home. Think we'll go in, Rogie. As long as you say there's a wounded man in here, I don't have to have a warrant. Try the door. Well, it's unlocked. Come on. Turn on the lights. Well, they don't go on. You got your flashlight? Yeah. Look, Rogie. The furniture's all covered. Hmm. There's nobody living in this house. Uh, Urban, come over this way. Let's look in this bedroom. Are you sure you're all right, Rogie? Sure. Come on, over here. Well? Well, there's not even any furniture in this room. That's right. But there was a bed with, with blood-stained sheets. I'm were... sorry, Rogie. They seem to have disappeared with the old lady and your alibi. This house hasn't been lived in for months. Why'd you kill him, Rogie? Look, Urban, you know me better than to think I'd pull a dumb rub out like that in my office. Yeah, but there are no fingerprints on that gun but yours, Rogie. And he was killed in your office, and you don't have an alibi. What am I supposed to do? I'm a cop. I've got to believe the evidence. Oh, sure, I can see it that way. Well, I... I've been framed by an expert. Have any ideas? Some vague ones. Well, I'm gonna pull up here and get some cigars in that cigar store. If you're not here when I get back, uh, I'll expect you at headquarters in an hour. Thanks, Urban. Good luck, Rogie. Well, hello, Murphy. How's my favorite house detective? Oh, hello, Rogue. What are you doing here at the Mayflower, huh? I want to talk with one of your guests, Flatfoot. <laughs> Do you owe me any favors? Mm, maybe. What do you want me to do? Give me the pass key to Conchita Morales' apartment. <laughs> do you want me walking the streets? Ah, oh, now, just give me the pass key. And if you hear any shooting, come up. What's the deal, Rogue? Mm, a little murder. Is she in, do you know? Oh, Conchita isn't in. The, uh, the old lady's up there, though. 
The old lady? Look, Murphy, what old lady? I'm looking for an old lady. Huh? Oh, you mean Conchita's mother. Yeah, she's... Conchita's uh... mother? Hey, a little old lady about this high? Eyes with lots of laughs in them? Yeah. White hair, plump? That Conchita's mother? Sure it is. Her name's Shay. So is Conchita's. Huh? Her real name's Ellen Shay. Uh-huh. She's no Mexican dame. No kidding. Hey, give me your rod and a pass key. No, don't get up. Please, Mrs. Shea. Hmm. Just keep your seat. Oh, Mr. Rogue. Yeah, surprised to see me? Yes, I am. A little. I can understand that, Mrs. Shea. You figured me for a murder rap, didn't you? Please don't point that gun at me. For some reason or the other, Mrs. Shea, I, I don't trust you. No. Where's Conchita, or whatever your daughter's name is, that Latin from Manhattan, that phony Mexican... I won't have you talking that way about my daughter. What do you expect me to call her? After the two of you framed me for murder. Murder? You said that before. What do you mean? Are you going to drop that act? Murder, I said. And murder's what you framed me for. Now, sit down. Where's Conchita? I'm expecting her any moment. Drop that gun, Rogue. Oh, Tippy, where have you been? I've been waiting for you to come in. He keeps talking about a murder. I said drop that gun, Rogue. And why should I drop the gun? Because if you don't, I'm going to pull the trigger on this one. And it's resting at the back of your neck. Come on, drop it. Ah, oh, well, where did you come from? I was in the kitchen mixing myself a drink, fortunately. Hmm, Tippy Tyler, huh? I suppose you're the man Conchita's in love with at the moment. That's right. They're going to be married, Mr. Rogue. In the death house, I hope. <laughs> It's wishful thinking, Rogue. The two of you killed Frank Maxson, didn't you? Killed him? Killed Mr. Maxson? <gasps> oh! No, no, Rogue. You did, according to the cops and all the evidence. You were Frank's right-hand man before he went up, weren't you, Tippy? Mm-hmm. He kind of took over while he was gone. Go on, talk, Rogue. I'm just figuring out what I'm going to do with you. Oh, Conchita. Hello, Mama. What are you doing here, Senor Rogue? He's making things difficult, Angel. I just dropped in for a little chat about a house out on Spring Lane and a wounded man who wasn't there and a murdered man in my office. That's all. It was a very nice job of framing me, Conchita, Ellen, Shay. And you can drop that broken-down accent. Okay, Mr. Rogue, smart guy. What happened? Who was murdered? Well, you ought to know. You helped to plan it. I did not. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been arranging things for us, Conchita. Frank Maxson is dead. Your mother helped arrange it. I didn't know what I was doing, Conchita. Honest, I didn't know. That's a lie, and you know it. You and your daughter end this thing too far to get out now unless you smart up fast. There's too much talk going on in here. Maxson's dead. He was found dead in Rogue's office, shot with Rogue's gun. Rogue's as good as burned for it. Mama, did you kill him? No, no, I didn't, Conchita. Look, sweetheart, everybody heard Rogue threaten Maxson last night. It was our chance to get rid of him. Conchita, listen to me. This chiseler's got you all fouled up in a murder, baby. You'll fry for it. I don't know anything about a murder. Tippy killed him. He killed Max. My Conchita knows nothing about it. Stop being chumps, will you? You're both in this with me. You helped me frame Rogue for it. Max and Gunn, I'm the biggest operator in town. All we have to do is kill Rogue, and we've got the world by the tail. You'll all go to the chair for it. You can't get away with killing me. I'm going to kill you, Rogue, right now. If you've got anything to say, say it. Because here it comes, fall guy. The little old lady picked up my gun and let Tippy have it right between the eyes. He never knew what hit him. The house dick came charging in, and she told him the whole story. Tippy owned that house she took me to. 
He framed it with the old lady to get me out of the way, giving her some cock and bull story about wanting to search my apartment. She pleaded guilty to giving me the knockout drops, but denied knowing that he was framing me for murder. And as long as she saved my life and gave me an alibi for the time of the murder, I, uh, I believed her. The judge let her off with a suspended sentence at my request. Conchita was... Conchita was very grateful to me. And when Conchita, she was grateful, oh, the angel, she sang. <laughs> oh, brother. This is Dick Powell again, ladies and gentlemen. Don't I meet some lovely people in these stories? They love murder like Richard Rogue loves money, and it makes a very happy combination. Ray Buffum wrote the story, Leith Stevens composed and conducted the music, and D. Engelbach produced and directed. But don't forget, you've got a date with us all next Thursday night. We've got a story for you about blackmail, intrigue, and sudden death. We call it Eve and the Apple. So make a date with us, will you? Thanks for listening, and good night, all. Now here's Jim Doyle. Don't forget to tune in again next Thursday, same time. Oh, and by the way, be sure to see Dick Powell in his newest RKO picture, Cornered, at your local theater soon. And as I was saying, don't forget to tune in again next Thursday, same time, same station, when you will again hear Dick Powell as Richard Rogue in Rogue's Gallery. Remember, if dandruff is your problem, ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Removes dandruff the first time it is used. Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo is the only shampoo whose guarantee to remove dandruff is backed by one of the world's largest insurance companies. This statement can be made by no other shampoo. Ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo at your drug or toilets good counter, barber or beauty shop. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. Yeah, it's Lisa's favorite shampoo, Fitch. Gets rid of her dandruff. That is Love's Little Old Lady, or Lovely Little Old Lady, I should say, with Dick Powell as Richard Rogue on Rogue's Gallery. Also in that cast, Gerald Moore, who we are saluting on this edition of Hollywood 360. And we had his son, Tony Moore, on earlier in the program. Uh, what a great guy. And uh, it's time now for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners. Tonight, I'm going to review the film Mean Girls. It's rated PG-13, and it's based on the Broadway musical and the original movie of the same name. This is not Mean Girls 2 with a new story. The movie is a remake of the original movie. This cautionary tale centers on the destructive force of high school popularity and its downfalls. Tina Fey is the writer, and she reprises her role as a teacher in North Shore High School. What's that? Oh, Lord, it's the Queen Bee. Regina George. Don't look her in the eye. You could be really hot if you everything. We as women have to be able to support each other. Get in, loser. Welcome, Katie. You're never going to believe what I found this morning. Your burn book. Mom, go make snacks. For sure. For sure, Regina, yeah. Do you like gum? Sure. Oh, no, I don't have any. I, I was just... You're a mess. We will help you, Caddy. <laughs> Why are you dressed so scary? It's Halloween. Regina, played by Renee Rapp, the queen bee of the plastics, reprises her Broadway musical role. You're not Pella Katie. Incorrect. You have to pick a French name. Chanel. No. Celine Dion. No. Beyonce. 
The film is hilarious. I found myself laughing out loud many times. Faye has knocked it out of the park with this new film. It's entertaining and has great messages for all. You also want to look for Tim Meadows as he reprises his role of that crazy principal. Thanks so much for listening in tonight. I'm Sarah Knight-Adamson, your national film and TV critic for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Be sure to check out Mean Girls, the musical, playing in theaters now. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's a whimsical episode of the Damon Runyon Theater starring John Brown along with Gerald Moore from 1949. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. That's right. We're starting with the letter A. All of the titles begin with the letter A. Can you think ah. of anything? Uh, ah, la, la, la. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good song. Great. That was a top hit. Oh, Did you yeah. Know that? Good In one. In 1967. Got you we'll be right back. Fun. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.